Isn't that an unbelievably powerful song? And didn't they do a phenomenal job on it? I really do marvel at the gifts that God has given to people and that he has allowed us at Northridge to experience so many of them. It just, it is such a beautiful thing to see his gift of arts paint his beautiful picture for our lives. And I'm so thankful and grateful that you're here this weekend. And I have to tell you that it's more than the arts and the talent that makes that song beautiful. It's the power of the truth of Psalm 23. And I, I don't know about you, but I, I listen to that and I, I want to participate. I want to interact with it. I want to express it myself. And so since that's how I'm feeling, I imagine many of you are as well. I thought it would be a neat thing if we said Psalm 23 together this weekend before we got into it. So would you stand with me? And if you're a guest, we don't stand every time that we read God's Word together, but I think sometimes it's important to remember that this is God's Word and it deserves reverence and respect, and so we stand. And would you say his Psalm 23 with me? The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Would you give him a hand? Awesome. Thank you. And you can be seated. That really is one of the most famous passages in all the Bible, Psalm 23. Probably the only more famous passage than Psalm 23 might be John 3.16, and that's only because it's seen at NFL games behind the kicking post, but Psalm 23 is a famous passage because of what it speaks into our lives, of the picture it paints of what we can experience if we know God. Psalm 23 is filled with so many wonderful promises. Promises that can impact us in any area of our life. If you're experiencing a moment of loss, there's the promise of even in the valley of the shadow of death, we don't have to fear evil. If you're experiencing a moment where you just have no clue what to do and where to go, it's the promise of you guide me in the paths of righteousness in the right paths. But when you're experiencing times of unbelievable hurt, he anoints our heads with oil, which is what the shepherd would do to bring healing to his sheep. Or maybe you're experiencing the unbelievable irritations of life. The shepherd would anoint the lamb's head with oil to protect it from all the irritations of the world. If you're in a world of unbelievable frenetic activity, you know, filled with so much stress and so much anxiety, just never-ending running like so many of us are, it promises us that he leads us beside the quiet waters. If you're in a time of unbelievable need, as so often we all are, it's the promise that he leads us into the green pastures. If we're experiencing the brokenness of life and we just need some renewal, it's the promise that he restores our soul. 
In a world where we're all chasing something and we're usually chasing what's defined by the words love and goodness, you know, we're, we're chasing in this world to find some love. We're chasing in this world to find some goodness. Well, this is, this is the promise that we don't have to chase it because when we know him as shepherd, it's following us everywhere we go and even through the valley of the shadow of death into forever. I mean, it's not something we have to chase. It's no wonder this psalm is so famous. It's because whatever's missing in our life, this is the promise that God is the solution, that whatever's necessary to experience the best of life, it's, it's in there. It's in the psalm. This is a fully orbed psalm. And because of that, here's the truth that I think that we should we should have a conversation about as we continue in this series, World War Me, because the wars that we fight within are the wars to experience the fulfillment that all that is promised in this psalm. I mean, it's the wars we're fighting, and, and we fight the war because we don't understand and we don't practice and we don't turn to the only one who can ultimately solve all of these things that we're wrestling within. And, Here's the truth of Psalm 23 this weekend. When we know God as our shepherd, even in the midst of this messed up world, we experience the fullness of life. Too many of us are wanting God the shepherd to change this messed up world, thinking if he would change this messed up world, then we would experience the fullness of life, but that's not it at all. What needs to change is who is our shepherd. What needs to change is who we trust. What needs to change is who we look to. What needs to change is who we follow. And then when that changes, even in this messed up world, he, as our shepherd, leads us into this place of fullness, life as it was meant to be. It's no mistake that the first verse of Psalm 23 describes the whole thing. The Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. And then it describes how these promises fulfill us in every place that we have longing. But there's, there's this huge problem. We don't say, I lack nothing. We're lacking a lot. If I just look at my own prayer life, I can't, I don't know what you pray for, and some of you don't pray. You need to. But in my own prayer life, it's all about what I lack. It's not saying, thank you that my, you're my shepherd and you've led me into green pastures. I'm not saying, thank you that this world's crazy, but man, you've got me by the quiet, still waters. It's not, thank you that, you know, your love and goodness is following me. It's, Oh my gosh, where's your love and where's your goodness? It's not, thank you for bringing healing in this hurt, hurt-filled world. It's not, thank you for protecting me. No, it's, uh, gimme, 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 gimme that ding, gimme that ding, gimme that ding. I'm from the 70s. There was actually a song by that name, if you can believe it. And it's like, we lack a lot. Even those of us who make the declaration that we're following Jesus, we're Jesus followers, we're Christians, we, we would call him our shepherd, we would celebrate that song that was just sung, we lack a lot, right? And yet, the promise is the Lord is our shepherd, and when that's true, we lack nothing. What's the problem? Well, the problem, and this is, it's hard for me to acknowledge it, and I know it's hard for you to acknowledge it. The problem isn't with God as shepherd, the problem is with us as followers. That's where the problem is. Because we, we call him the shepherd, but we go our own way and we do our own thing. In fact, here's the real problem as I analyze it in my life and, you know, look out at the breadth of humanity. We miss out on all God has for us because we trust and we follow the wrong leaders in our lives. Look at it. When the Lord is our shepherd, we experience the fullness of life. It's what we're longing for. It's what we're looking for. But, but sadly, we, 
We pursue the fullness of life by trusting all the wrong leaders and following all the wrong paths in our life. It's just, it's who we are. We, we live without the good shepherd and, and we replace him with bad ones. And it leaves us bankrupt. Psalm 23 becomes, I wish it were true, instead of this is true. Matthew 9:36 Jesus was walking around and doing ministry when he was on this planet and and look what it says it says when he saw the crowds he had a compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd Here Jesus was the good shepherd walking in the world knowing that they had in their grasp everything they were longing for in life but instead they were living broken, helpless lives like sheep with no shepherd. They were following and trusting the wrong leaders in their lives. And we tend to do this, don't we? It's not new, by the way. It's not new at all. It was in Jesus' day. In fact, all we have to do is extract from what he said and we can see what we do. And we can extract what he said and understand why they, though they were the people of the shepherd, they were living as if they had no shepherd, why we do the same. And the truth is, we tend to trust and follow false prophets. It's what we tend to do as human beings, false prophets. And by false prophets, just so you can say, I mean, that sounds really, woo, mystical, spiritual. Here's what, I, false prophets. We tend to trust and follow people who tell us what we want to hear, not the truth. We, we, we trust and follow people who make us feel real, really good about ourselves and really good about our choices. We don't care if they, they tell us that other people who aren't like us and other people who have problems unlike our problems and other people who make choices different than our choices those are bad people as long as they tell us we're okay we're doing well nothing wrong with us you and Jesus like this live and let live we love it when people tell us what we want to hear because it makes us feel so good in the moment the only problem is it leads to brokenness and devastation and huge failure in our lives wouldn't it be great to have parents that say, sure, go play in the middle of the highway with cars driving 80 miles down. If you feel like it, it's okay. Those would be horrible parents, and yet we look for shepherds who will tell us what we want to hear so we can do what we want to do, but in so doing, we lead ourselves to brokenness. But we follow these people because they make us feel good in the moment. Even though it destroys us in the long run, we tend to trust and follow false prophets. This is what they were doing in Jesus' day. Look at Matthew 7, verses 15 and 16. Watch out for false prophets, he says. They come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ferocious wolves. By their fruit you will recognize them. They're false prophets. We live in a world where the majority of us, I'm not talking about the people out there, the majority of us love the people who tell us what we want to hear. Oh, you have this propensity in life? You're okay. You do this, it's okay. God made you just like that. And here's the fact. It feels good to be told that we're okay. But if it's not the truth, it leads to devastation. If you're looking for fullness in life, you're not going to get it by living however you want and finding people to approve of how you're living. You're only going to experience it when you decide, the Lord is my shepherd, and in him I'll lack nothing. I might not get to do what I want. I might have to actually live in an uncomfortable setting. I might have to change some things in my life. I might have to, I might have to add some morality to my life that I've decided wasn't important to me, but that's where I'll experience his promise in my life. I know you're looking for fullness, but you're not going to find it by following false prophets. We, we tend to, like they did in Jesus' day, follow blind guides. 
you know, blind guides, people who don't know any more than we do. Look at in Jesus' day, Matthew chapter 15, verse 14. He's talking about the religious leaders of his day. Leave them, they are blind guides. And if the blind lead the blind, both will fall into a pit. Now, don't get me wrong. Jesus is the Son of God, creator of this world, the, the deepest teacher that's ever walked on this planet, I know. But I just need to tell you, that, that last sentence isn't too tough to figure out on our own. If the blind lead the blind, both will fall into a pit. Who would have thought? I mean, it's obvious. It's, it's just so obvious. It's ridiculous. And yet, we trust and follow blind guides. We're listening to people who have no clue about anything as long as they tell us what we want to be told. Blind guides, no wonder this world's falling apart. No wonder our lives are falling apart. We, we tend to follow hypocrites. People who play the part but, but don't live it. Hypocrites in the Greek. And I tell you that because once in a while I have to impress you. You know, I mean, somehow. But hypocrites, it's the word for mask in, in Greek drama. It was like they used to, one actor could play many parts, and what they did is they just changed their mask. And he's saying, the religious leaders are just a bunch of mask wearers. Look at how Jesus says it in Matthew 23, starting verse 25, woe to you teachers of the law and Pharisees. These are the, the people who open the scriptures of the day, and the people who are the religious leaders of the day, and Jesus is saying, woe to you. You hypocrites, you mask wearers, and here's why. You clean the outside of the cup and dish, but inside they're full of greed and self-indulgence. In other words, they're, they're making the outside look like it's measuring up, but the inside's still hollow and empty. They're, they're making the outside look like they're following the shepherd, but on the inside they're full of the same darkness that we're all full of. Where it's like they're hypocrites. As blind Pharisee, first clean the inside of the cup and dish, then the outside also will be clean. And, Yet this is who they were following and we do the same today, right? As long as they're wearing the right mask, calling themselves Christians or Jesus follower or this or that. But it's when the Lord is our shepherd that we lack nothing. We, we tend to trust and follow selfish leaders. And by selfish leaders, I just mean people consumed with their own selfish ambition. They're, they're using any influence they have in leadership to advance their lives and their agendas and they're willing to use the rest of us to get there. In other words, they don't care about the people they're leading, they care about themselves. And this is who we tend to follow. Jesus said it this way in Mark 10, look at verse 42, Jesus called them together and he says, you know that those who are regarded as you know, the bigwigs and the gentles, the rulers of the Gentiles, they lord it over them. And they, their high officials exercise authority over them. He said, you know what they do? They, they, they use their influence over people to get their own lives comfortable and, and advanced. But then Jesus says, but not so with you. If you're really going to have the Lord as your shepherd, instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. But in Jesus' day, this was going on. They were trusting and following the wrong leaders. That's why Jesus walked around and said, they're helpless and they're harassed. They're broken. They, they're sheep without a shepherd, even though they declared to be people of the shepherd. Do you see it? They were trusting and following the wrong thing. And think about where it was. I mean, the Pharisees, they were the, the religious leaders. So like in their day, synagogue, like our day church, they were the, the religious leaders of, of the world. And what were they? They were people that were religious leaders, but they had no relationship with God. Wow, that's sad, right? Talk about the blind leading the blind. And this is who they were following. No wonder they didn't experience, I lack nothing. Then there were the Sadducees. Also, in the religious context, almost everything in Israel was. But, but the Sadducees were 
more like secular leaders because they didn't believe in the resurrection. They didn't believe in the eternal reality of God and all that stuff. And so they were like secular about the here and now. And, and this is who Israel was following people without faith in an eternal God. And, and then there were the Romans, the, you know, the whole Roman Empire was over everything, and they were following the pagan leaders if they wanted to be economically successful, if they wanted to be politically successful. They, they, were, you know, they had to follow those without any sense of God at all. And this is who they were following. And you can quote, the Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing, all you want, but if you're trusting and following the wrong leaders, you're never going to experience the fullness of that promise in your life. And this explains our world. In our day, the same thing's going on. And it's why I always encourage you to be discerning about who you watch and who you read and who you listen to and who you follow. Because if you follow the wrong person, you'll get to the wrong place. If you make someone shepherd who isn't the good shepherd, they'll lead you to the wrong place, right? And this is why, and I mean, I have to be honest, not just in talking about others, but in talking about me. This is why I always try to be honest about my own life here about my own flaws, my own brokenness, not just in the past, but I mean in the now. I, this is why I try to open my chest as much as I can so that you can see the reality of my humanity. I grew up in religious environments where I didn't get the whole God thing because the people trying to point me to God were people pretending to be perfect and I didn't relate to that. I mean, here at Northridge, look at I mean, we just invite, I mean, we just invite all the losers in because the pastor's a loser and he wants company. You know, that's <laughs> kind of where we're at. And the reality is that people in positions like mine can be fake today, like they were in Jesus' day. And we have to be careful. The truth is I can be a fake. I could stand on this platform and tell you everything that I'm telling you right now and it could not be the real expression of my heart, but there are ways to weigh the probability of that. You know, I mean, someone trying to pretend he's not something you want, I'm not trying to, you know. But one of the ways to weigh the probability is by being in a local church like this, you know, I'm not hiding behind makeup and and production studio where you're not able to see me personally like on television, but you're able to see me up close and per you're here, right? And I, I didn't just come yesterday. I've been here 28 years. And so look at if, if I'm a fake, I am a fake with a long-term plan. Let me just tell you right now. I. <laughs> <laughs> And it doesn't mean, hey, look, I go through seasons of, you know, wrestling with my own stuff for sure, but all I'm trying to do is say, I'm not trying to tell you I'm somebody and you're not. I'm trying to say we're all nobodies, but the shepherd is the somebody, and if we follow him, we'll lack nothing. It's time we start following him. But, but we tend to, to finish the thought, to trust and follow everyone but Jesus. We, we tend to follow and trust everyone but the right leader, we tend to follow and trust everyone but the good shepherd. Which is why we tend to experience everything but what he promises us in Psalm 23. If Psalm 23 and its promises are at odds with your experience, it's because you're trusting everyone but the good shepherd. You may say, oh no, Jesus is my shepherd. Look, it's easy to say Jesus is my shepherd. It's another thing for him to be your shepherd. Quite frankly, we can make Jesus into our own image, and many of us do, but if we'll surrender what we want and who we are to who he is and what he wants, ultimately he will reshape everything about us and our lives will be different. The Lord is my shepherd, then I lack nothing. He, he said it in John 10, 11, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. And I just need to point this out. There are a lot of people on, in the, around the world They said, Jesus never said he was God. Jesus never said he was God. They're clueless. 
When Jesus said, I am the good shepherd, do you know what he was saying? I am the God of Psalm 23. I'm the good shepherd. I'm the one who restores your soul. I'm the one who leads you into green path. I'm the one who leads you to quiet water. I'm the one that follows you with love and goodness. I'm the one who anoints your head. I am the good shepherd. And we need to follow him. I, I, it's been true of me that it's been easy for me to follow other than Jesus and not Jesus himself. But I'm going to tell you, every time I have, it's broken down my life and it's led to the opposite of Psalm 23. And so if I'm going to make a better choice, if we're going to make a better choice, if we're going to choose to trust and follow the right leader for a change, I think there are some things we need to know about the right leader. And when we know these things about the right leader, what it'll do is it will help us to go, why would I choose the wrong leader when that's what the right leader looks like? It will also help us to evaluate, is this the right leader or the wrong leader? Because you see, the good shepherd, the one who truly does bring fulfillment to our life, the good shepherd loves us more than anything else on the planet. He loves us more than anything. Now, I don't know about you, but we live in a world that love isn't its primary demonstration. We live in a world where our leaders love themselves and take, 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 take. And when we can't give anymore, then they don't love us anymore, quote, unquote, because they only really care about themselves. Have you noticed politicians? They love us to death until they get our vote and then they don't care anymore. Have you noticed the, the marketplace? They love as long as we can contribute to their bottom line, but the minute we can't contribute to their bottom line anymore, they don't love us anymore. Why? Because they never loved us in the first place. But the good shepherd loves us more than anything. The good shepherd will sacrifice everything for us. And in fact, the wrong leaders don't even get it. The Pharisees and the Sadducees, you know, those religious and secular leaders in Jesus' day, they blind guides, they didn't get it. And, and all the messed up and broken people like us were hanging around with Jesus because Jesus was bringing healing and new life and Jesus was bringing Psalm 23 into their life and the, the church of the day wasn't. And, and all the religious leaders who were about people following them, not about getting people to follow God, couldn't get it. And they were all upset. Uh, he just has a bunch of broken, losers, sinners, guilty ones hanging around with him. How come that's it? He can't be a very good guy if that's who's hanging around with him. And Jesus says, oh my gosh. You want to know why all these broken people are hanging around me? Because I'm the good shepherd. And he even gave an illustration in Luke 15. He says, it's like the shepherd who had a hundred sheep but lost one sheep. What's the good shepherd do if he has a hundred sheep and he loses one. He does everything in his power to find that lost sheep, to help that lost sheep, to bring life back to that lost sheep. And then what's the good shepherd do when he finds that lost sheep? He celebrates with everyone that he found the lost sheep. And he says, this is exactly what God does. Look at Luke 15, 7. I tell you in the same way, there's going to be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who do not need to repent. He's talking about the self-righteous like the Pharisees. Look at, I know it's easy to feel rejected. It's easy to feel unloved. It's easy to feel like we don't matter in this world, but that's because we trust and follow the wrong leaders. But let me just tell you, when you follow the good shepherd, you know that he loves you more than anything on this planet. You're not isolated. You're not pushed away. He's not wanting something from you. He doesn't need your vote. He's going to be the king of kings forever, whether you vote for him or not. He wants to be your shepherd. He loves you. Why would we follow someone who has an agenda for us that advances their lives and doesn't care about us when the good shepherd only cares about us? You need to know that the good shepherd, it goes way beyond even that. The good shepherd, because he loves us more than anything, the good shepherd became, this is crazy, became our lamb. To which some of you, if you're not like, if you don't know the Bible really well, you know, maybe you're new and we're so glad you're here and all that. You, you don't have to know the Bible really well to come to Northridge. I'm the pastor, you know, so, but 
But you might be going, he became our lamb. Yeah, all you have to do is, if you read the Old Testament, it's like almost all of it's about these lambs that were perfect little lambs that were sacrificed so that God could forgive his people. And every one of those little lambs that was sacrificed was pointing forward to when Jesus, the good shepherd, would become a human and die on the cross for us. The, the good shepherd became our lamb. The good shepherd became our lamb. We're the sheep who've gone astray. We're the ones that have blown it. The wages of our sin is death, but the good shepherd died in our place. That's why he died on the cross. Look at, look at what he says. In John 1.29, John the Baptist announces Jesus. The next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. 2 Corinthians 5.21, God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. God guides us, the shepherd guides us into the paths of righteousness. How do we get on paths of righteousness when we're so unrighteous? Because the good shepherd became a lamb and paid the price for our unrighteousness so he could make us righteous in himself. The good shepherd isn't about advancing his agenda. The good shepherd is about advancing the lives of those he loves, which is his agenda. Do you realize his will is for us, not against us? His will is to make us, not to break us. And yet, what do we do? We want people telling us what we want to hear so we can stay broken instead of turning to him, tell us what we don't want to hear so we can become all that we want to be. Who are you going to follow? The good shepherd or false leaders? The good shepherd, you need to know, continually longs for us. And this feels weird because we live in a world where when we blow it, people reject us, right? It happens in our most intimate relationships like marriage and family. It happens in almost every context. When, when we blow it, people don't want us anymore. I mean, when it looks like I'm going to add to the company's bottom line, they pursue me. But when I'm no longer adding to the bottom line, what do they do? But that's not how it is with the good shepherd. The good shepherd continually longs for us no matter how worthless we've been living our lives. Isn't that crazy? You know what he said? He was literally coming down the Mount of Olives. He was literally heading for his ultimate betrayal where he would be nailed to a cross as our lamb, though he's the good shepherd. He was going to be betrayed as tragically as anyone's ever been betrayed on this planet. And do you know what he said to the ones who were going to betray him on the way to that betrayal? Look at Matthew 23, verse 37. Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you who kill the prophets and stone those sent to you, how often I've longed to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, and you were not willing. He wanted to be the good shepherd of the people who were killing him as the lamb. I don't know how distant you feel from him. I don't know how isolated. I don't know if religion has turned you off because religion can be so filled with hypocrisy and blindness itself. I, I don't know what it is that's made you feel like you don't deserve God, that you could never know God, that you're far away from God and there's no way to get close because that's a lie from the pit of hell because the truth is the good shepherd continually longs for you more than anything else on the planet. The good shepherd wants to know you and love you and be the shepherd that can restore your soul. You just have to let him. You just have to let him. I always feel bad when there's one person that gets excited about a point and then they're all alone there like this. And it's like, so I appreciate those of you who encouraged that one person, that was awesome. In the end, I didn't feel encouraged because one person liked what I said, which means thousands didn't. But that's a whole different thing. It's all okay. Here's the application I want you to get to. If we want to experience the fullness of God in our lives, we have to make the choice to know 
and to follow Jesus as our shepherd. We have to make the choice. Because it doesn't come naturally. By nature, we follow leaders who are going to tell us what we want to hear. By nature, we follow the blind guides. By nature, we follow selfish people. We're selfish people. But we have to make the choice to know and follow Jesus as our shepherd. Look at what he says in John 10.10. The thief, you know, the one who is the false prophet, the one who isn't the good shepherd. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy, and it's going on everywhere. But I, the good shepherd, have come that you could have life and have it to the full. Look at God wants you to have the fullness of life you long for, but you need to make the choice to have him as your shepherd. And I think it's a legitimate question. What, what's it look like if I make him my shepherd? What's that look like? Well, it doesn't look like religion, I'm going to tell you that. And it doesn't look like people who say they follow a savior of promises who experience none of those promises. It doesn't look like that. I think I just have to turn back to Psalm 23 to show you what it looks like if we make the choice for him to be our shepherd. Because remember, when you have a shepherd, what are you doing? You're trusting and following that shepherd. All the other voices are irrelevant. If you know anything about the shepherd, I mean, the sheep know the shepherd's voice. We've already seen that. So here's what I, what I want you to understand is if you're going to really follow him as shepherd, it means you're going to recognize his presence. You're going to look to him in every circumstance. Let's take Psalm 23 where it says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, if I'm walking through the valley of shadow of death, I'm walking blind, I'm walking in darkness, I'm walking in fear, I'm walking in desperation, I know I'm walking to the end. I'm walking in the valley of the shadow of death. I'm at the worst point in life. And yet Psalm 23 says, I can do it without fear. Because of what? because he, the shepherd, is with me. You know what it looks like to, to make Jesus your shepherd? It means that in every circumstance, at every moment, you're going to recognize his presence, and his presence will eliminate the natural fears, the natural pains, the natural stresses, and take them away. It means when you make him your shepherd that Instead of pursuing the paths you want and asking God to bless you as you take them, you instead will say, God, what paths do you want me to take? You guide me to the paths of righteousness. Making him shepherd means in every moment we are recognizing his presence and looking to him for his guidance and listening to him for his truth so that we can experience his promises means when we wake up in the day, we, instead of pursuing our own thing, we look into his word and we look to him and we go, what do you want in my life today? Help me to recognize you today. Do you know what might be? This next week might be the week of the worst experience of some of our lives. And it could turn everything upside down and destroy us but not if he's our shepherd because in that moment, though it's the worst moment of our lives, if we recognize his presence and we trust his hand, we can still be by the quiet waters and we can still know that love and goodness are following us. I bet you that's not the picture of your last week. And this isn't judgment because it's not the picture of mine. But it should be and it can be. Because look at John 10, 27 and 28. My sheep listen to my voice. That's what it looks like. No longer chasing love and goodness, but hearing it. No longer chasing good choices, but hearing them. My sheep listen to my voice, and I know them because I, there's nothing the good shepherd wants more than to be in relationship with us. And they follow me. I'm the voice they listen to. And I give them eternal life with the fullness of all that Psalm 23 is about. And they shall never perish and no one can snatch them out of my hand. We need to make Jesus our shepherd. It's a choice. Two questions and then a prayer. Have you? I know what a lot of you are thinking. 
Yes, I have. But I'm not asking, have you one time long ago made the choice for him to be your shepherd? I mean, have you right now made him your shepherd? Have you this past week made him your shepherd? If yes, then I bet you this last week has been one where you've gotten down on your knees before your shepherd and said, I lack nothing. I know you people. It's not what you said. Do you see what I mean? We, we sit here in this context and we feel so good of our, about ourselves choosing to be in this context that that we're nothing like those people out there. The only problem is we're everything like those people out there. And many of us are wearing a mask that's not real. But we can lack nothing if we make the choice now. And again an hour from now. And again tomorrow morning. And again tomorrow afternoon. Do you know what I'm saying? Have you? Ha have you really? And if not, which is probably true of most of us, certainly me, then here's the second question. Are you ready? Will you? Because see, who's your shepherd changes everything. And if you want your life to change, then you have to change shepherds. In fact, this is an old saying, and I've said it a lot in my 28 years here, but I need to say it again because it's so relevant. Are you, are you ready? This is the will you question. When the horse is dead, dismount. You'll be thinking about that for a while, I'm telling you right now. Our lives are so empty, our lives are so incomplete, and we keep riding the same horses that have led us into the pit time and time and time again, isn't it about time we dismount and we start trusting the good shepherd who will give us the fullness we're looking for? Will you? Will you? And so, with those two questions, have you, will you, we pray. Would you bow with me in this moment? And wherever you are, in whatever environment, I just, I really urge you to say, I will. Because Jesus, as he said, coming down the Mount of Olives, I long to gather you together. I long to be your shepherd. I long to give you these promises. But you were not willing. And I'm asking you now, each and every one of you, say, yes, I'm willing. And if you are, as I pray, take the words of my prayer. And you don't have to do it out loud, but in your heart, make them your words to God. Just say, Jesus, right now, I'm making the choice for you to be my shepherd. I need you to restore my soul. I need your love and goodness. I need you to bring healing into my life. I need you. I am guilty, I have sinned, I have messed up, but you became my lamb. And so I give you my sin and I take your forgiveness by faith and you rose again and so I, by faith, claim your new life. And I ask, help me to follow you. And I'll thank you in Jesus' name, amen. Just before I give you my last thought, I want to encourage you, if you just prayed with me, would you let me know? Seriously. Now, those of you who have already come to faith a long time ago, I'd still like to know. You know, in the program that we give out, there's a connection card, and there's a way for you to say, man, will I? Yes. And I did today. I'd love to know that. But for those of you who've never followed Jesus and this was your first time and you just prayed with me, I'd love to know that. There's actually a question on this connection card in your program that says you prayed to receive Jesus. Check that off. 
There are boxes at every single exit. And all you have to do is throw it in there and we'll send you information about next steps you can take in your journey and we'll send you a Bible. We'd love to be a part of your life. And if you're watching online, hit the what next button. We'll do the same thing for you. But here's what I believe. Many of you are dealing with the idea of him being shepherd. We have a prayer team that meets up front in all of our campus environments. After the service is over, they're up here. And if you want to talk to someone or pray with someone, please come and let them spend time with you. I think it'll be time well spent. But just as you walk out, here's what I want you to remember. Everything you're looking for is promised in Psalm 23, but it's only experienced when he's your shepherd. So this week, when you find yourself lacking, remember, he's present, he's here, and turn to him as shepherd. And what you'll do is you'll walk away from that moment of lack fulfilled. Not because everything around you changed, but because the one in you has changed. And that changes everything. I'm so glad you were here this week. We'll see you next time. Sacrifice can now repeat.